Welcome back to another edition of KL Kite the Podcast. My name is Michael Kraft, and I'm joined, as always, by Bruno Minus. Hey, hey guys, how's it going? Fantastic. This week, we have a returning member of the KL Kite Podcast family. Uh, we've got with us, kind of in the studio, but far away, Mr. Eli Hadley. Eli, why don't you uh, tell everybody the big news? Well, so after, I must have started mission papers back in February after a bunch of hassles and COVID stuff, I finally got my call this morning uh, to the Singapore mission to preach in Mandarin. Wow, that's amazing, man. That is wild. (laughs) I remember Eli was telling me about how he was saying that he took some Mandarin classes and he said maybe that would help get him out of the country. And I guess it did. Going to to Singapore, man. Here we are. That's pretty cool. That's that's actually really awesome. I I was shocked when I heard Singapore. I mean, I don't know where I expected you to go, but it wasn't Singapore. Yeah, yeah I was thinking like Canada or even like L.A. or or San Diego because <laughs> they have Chinese there. But yeah, it's uh, pretty far, you know. So yeah, I report January sixth and at, at the actual MTC in Provo. So and then I head out to Singapore. Oh, wow. If all goes to plan in March, but yeah, that's really cool, dude. Um. I kind of thought you would you speak Malay, but I guess Mandarin. There's enough people people over there that speak Mandarin, huh? I mean, so it says like prepare to preach it in Mandarin, but I I I know like part of the mission covers Malaysia, and then English is pretty common there too, from what my friend told me. So I feel like Malay is going to be helpful. Either you know, I probably should learn a little bit of that, and and maybe even Cantonese. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I was lo- looking at it earlier, just on the CIA World Factbook. That English, Malay are the official languages. So maybe it's similar to the Philippines where like in the city you can kind of get away with English. But once you get out into the country, it might be more uh, traditional, more Mandarin, more Malay. But who knows? Who knows what you're going to encounter over there? Yeah, that's true. And especially with COVID and everything, I, I just wonder how that's all going to go and everything as far as like sheltering and whatnot. Yeah, it's just, it's wild. A lot of changes this year. Hey Michael, what do you, what kind of advice would you give Eli when he was once he, since he's going to go to a different country and learn a different language? Well, he's kind of, he's kind of somewhat familiar with Mandarin, but still. Um, gosh, I I think the biggest thing that I didn't give myself was patience. Right, I was so frustrated all the time that I wasn't learning this language and that it was so hard to pick up, and it was pretty hard because I guess. I guess you will kind of experience this too, Eli, because um, Mandarin, to my knowledge, is not you know going to be spoken everywhere in Singapore, right? Right. Whereas with Bruno, you were in uh, the Philippines and you spoke Tagalog, so like you're kind of like more immersed in it. But for me, it was it was so difficult to to learn Tongan in, in Auckland because you know people. If I wanted to speak English, I could speak English. If I didn't want to learn the language, like I didn't have to, I could survive. Right, so that's tough. But I guess I would just say, you know, be patient and and let it happen. Work hard to learn the language, but give yourself time. Because I mean, it's a language; it's a whole language. Like it, it'll take time to get to get there in it. But man, I'm just excited for you to be honest. Thank you. Yeah, I'm worried about like um, you know, lang- learning languages and everything. I mean, with with Mandarin, like it's it's been a long process. I remember I took my first class in freshman year of high school about six years ago and i 
I guess somehow that may have had an impact on me taking it in college, and then here I am now. Um, yeah, it's just the tones are so difficult sometimes, and then, um, yeah. And then with, you know, Malay and everything like that, so there will be so many new opportunities for learning and growing there. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for the challenges it's going to give me. Because um, I remember winter semester, I was taking... 18 credits, and I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And in some ways, I still don't know what I want to do as a career, but I'm a little more like, I guess I'm more hopeful now because I kind of have this two-year window to just take a break and to think, okay, what do I really like doing? Take a moment to serve people and to focus completely on that rather than on myself. And then I'm hoping that perhaps I'll find what I really really enjoy when I'm out there. Something you, you could probably do that um, that I did it was actually not planned, but it helped me a lot, was uh, try to try to learn their history. That's try to good. learn a little bit about their culture. But more so the history, so you get an idea what they're like over there. Um, I feel like, for me, I did that with the Philippines. I kind of knew their history before going out there. I took a class way before I even got the mission call, but um, I was able to connect with the people more. And maybe, I don't know if it'll happen with you, but if you were to do that, they'll like see that you care, that you took the time to try to learn their language and to learn their history a little bit. Not to be an expert, but, you know, just be somewhat familiar with, with names and dates and big events and why they celebrate certain things. I completely agree with you on that, Bruno. You know, I um, often, like in the church, we might see missions, especially to a for American missionaries, if we end up getting a call to a country that's far away from our own, you know, not that this is intentional, but we might think of it as also kind of a, a vacation, but that's not how we should be looking at it, right? And, um, you know, because I'm really excited, like, to see Singapore, the country. However, like, I think the biggest thing I've learned this year is, like, you can serve people anywhere, and focusing on the people rather than the place is the most important thing. Um and even just like seeing people as people, I, I, I've heard that that's really what missionary work is all about. It's trying to, you know, get past those boundaries that separate us from one another, kind of like the ethnicity and, and uh, language barriers. Um, and, you know, I think learning history is really important in that respect because you create this, you really show them like, hey, you know, I'm not here just to like have this good old time for two years and then forget about you guys, right? Um, I'm here to really learn who you are, to connect with my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And, you know, really trying to make that human connection. And yeah. And I think there's definitely like an issue maybe in the church culture of certain people I know who've, you know, come back from missions. They, they kind of talk about all the stuff that they got to do and all the things that they took photos of and whatnot. But often I, I would see that they wouldn't talk about the people they met. And, um, you know, working at the Kalakai, the three of us, like, all know the importance of the story that any one person can hold. And I really, I'm excited to learn all these people's stories, learn their history, and hopefully, you know, create a, a stronger bond. And even with people who aren't even members, right? Just trying to sp- spread the love that the gospel exudes all over the place. And oh, for sure, you'll have your own stories as well. <laughs> for sure. Like, right, right now, I'm looking at the CIA government website. It says that 
the the climate over there is hot, humid, and rainy with two distinct monsoon seasons. So when you when you get there, <laughs> you probably get there. What is it? So you're going into the MTC early January. So mid February you get over there. Yeah, you're in the middle of the monsoon season. That's gonna be something. Nice. It'll be a be a nice little way to <laughs> get right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Hot <laughs> and humid, just like Hawaii, with a lot more rain. Oh yeah, winter winter in Hawaii. That's uh, that's something. That's the that's the rainy season there. Um, yeah. All right. So pack a lot of clothes. Bring a poncho. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I don't know how what the climate was in your mission, Michael, but for mine, it was pretty similar to what Eli's gonna face. So I would recommend getting like a waterproof camera. Good idea. Bring some sandals. Um. Oh, natural hazards, flash floods. All right, so you're gonna have a great time. It's gonna there. be awesome. <laughs> I can swim all, swim everywhere. It'll, it'll be great. Um. Yeah. I was actually talking to Sister uh, Dr. Barbara Hong today because she's from Singapore, and I, I had interviewed her a few times, and she talked about how, like, you know, uh, yeah, she just gave me some really nice advice, and she was talking about how, like, you know, what if, like, you and I were meant to know each other so that, like, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe that maybe we were, who knows? Um, but it was just cool that I, I knew someone from there already, and so she actually said she's going to try to visit Singapore. Because she has a lot of family there, and who will be in the stake that I'm in? Because I believe the mission only has one stake and seven wards, from what I read on the the church website. Oh, is there only one mission at Singapore? From what I could tell, yeah, and it, it includes part of Malaysia as well, like the bottom. I think the bottom part of Malaysia. Oh wow! So yeah, <laughs> it's going to be That's something. Amazing. Because I, I actually wanted to go somewhere cold. Because I did not want mosquitoes or anything like that. I was like, oh, maybe Canada. Because you know, our, our uh, Thompson went to Canada for a bit. Then I was like, oh, Singapore. Okay, more uh, more sweat and more mosquitoes, more humidity. It's gonna be great. Are you gonna have a walking mission or have a bicycle? Uh, it didn't say. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm gonna be assigned in that mission yet. So, or maybe it did. I, I probably should look closer. But um. Yeah, walking, biking, whatever, whatever I have to do, right? Yeah, I mean, either way, it's it's um, it's gonna be quite the experience. That's funny. I, I'm picturing you finishing your mission. You're gonna come back from Malaysia, all tan and just Ooh. old. Yeah, I, I've tried the tan and it does not work. I, it, it gets like all my skin just gets blistery red. So I just <laughs> I gotta stay pale, unfortunately. But who knows, right? Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen at all. Um, yeah, like, and I was telling Michael this a few weeks ago, like how I think most of my teenage years, I and I, I've told Bruno this too, like I just struggled, like should I go on a mission, right? Like is it really what I want? Because, you know, in the church culture, there was quite a big, you know, kind of pressure and this expectation, especially for guys. Um and so, I, like, so much of college, so much of, of high school, I was like, ah, is this a good idea? Is it really what I want? Um, and, you know, I think eventually I just decided, you know, let's take, take a little leap of faith, Eli, and we'll see what happens, right? You know, what's the, yeah. And from what I've talked to other people about their missions, like, they only had really good experiences. And so I was like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> 
right? It's a new experience something, for sure. Something you will learn about is you'll learn a lot about yourself. Mm. You'll learn uh-huh. like things you'll be able to to accomplish, hardships you go through, um, what kind of person you are with the the constant companion. Um, yeah, that, that takes a little bit of hard takes a little bit of time to get used to, especially if you're introverted. Just kind of like this true. person is always with you. We have to remember that they're there for your safety and you're there for their safety as well. And they should be looking out for each other. And yeah, dude. Um, yeah. I don't want to say anything bad or good, but you will definitely have lots of experiences. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I will. I'm going to go down some, go to some seedy places, visit some interesting locales and interesting people. And yeah, but you know, and, I think I'm really excited is to keep a journal for two years because, you know, with, with writing, I just really want to, you know, I, I try to write about places I've never been to and it's really hard, but it'll be interesting to like be able to write about a place where I'm there in the moment. And um, I'm just really excited years later, I can open the journal up and read it and be like, wow, you know, this is something I really went through. Um, and I think it'll just help with my writing skills and, and everything. And I, I just think there's a lot of benefits to to it, despite the hardship and despite, you know, um, like you said, lots of personal challenges I'm going to go through, especially with having a companion around all the time and having to deal with different kinds of people. So, yeah. I think that was one of the best parts of my mission was keeping a journal. Like I, I wrote in my journal, um, I, I guess I have like an entry in there for every day of my mission. Um, not every day was like a big thing. Some days were just like, Today was a good day. Um, we taught some people. Or today was hard. And that's all I could write. Because I was just like, uh, I didn't want to write anything right now. But I tried. I kind of made it a point to do an entry, like one a day. Um, and I think that was one of my favorite experiences on my mission. Just kind of like being able to see myself grow. Being able to see, like, kind of like pretty clearly going from like transfer to transfer month to month where I was at, the stuff that I was doing, people were teaching, all of that, like just kind of like put in one place and then being able to go back and read it again and seeing, you know, having it bring back all those memories. Like even years later, it's 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 so nice to to have that. I think it's, um, I think that's one of the, I don't know, things about missionary work that if you do keep a journal, like I, th- I think it's, super valuable to you and, and you'll be able to have that forever. So that's, that's neat. So I would encourage you to do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that, gosh, it's kind of hearing you talk about like your mission getting ready to go out. It, I don't know about you, Bruno, but for me, it's kind of like, it reminds me of where I was at when I was getting ready to go on my mission. Just kind of like, I guess it's different for, for Eli, for you, Eli, because, um, you know, I was like eighteen, just graduated high school, getting my call, and oh man, had no no like real, actual real world life experience. I was just like, oh, this is gonna be great. Everyone says it's hard, but I mean, how hard can it actually be? And just kind of like you know, super naive, I guess is is, is the word. Just like, just like ready to go out there, um, and. But but I mean so I I don't know just like listening to you talk and all that about it, it just reminds me of of how exciting it is when you first get your call and I mean throughout your whole mission is I think it stays exciting just being able to see new new people and, and new places and things like that but it's it's really neat how um, just to see you going through that 
um, it's it's special to to be able to have a friend going on a mission. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Michael. I was um, my academic advisor messaged me a few weeks ago and told me that if I wanted to, I could graduate next semester. And I just thought, what? Like I, I, I don't. I was, I was not feeling ready to graduate at all, and so I just kind of was very, really thankful that I was planning to go on a mission, so I could have a little time away from, um, from school. Because I feel like I work too hard, or I, I push myself too hard, and I don't give myself enough free time or cut myself enough slack. And so uh-huh. I, I think by doing this, and obviously it's going to be work, but it won't be schoolwork. It's going to be, it'll have deadlines, but not like the normal deadlines I'm used to. And um, I think so often we're always so caught up in moving forward, you know, in in the world and getting our careers, which is a good thing, I think. But I think it's important for us all to take a a break and, you know, take like a a spiritual sabbatical. And I think for me, like going on a mission is going to be a moment for me to really reflect on who I am, as Bruno talked about. Um. And there's, there were times when I thought, you know, maybe I should have gone at 18. I was, it, it was the, this June, because it had been two years since I graduated high school. And I was like, well, like I could have, but at the same time, I, if I had gone to, you know, on my mission in June 2018 after I graduated high school, I probably would have come back because of COVID in 2020. And I never would have gone to BYUH and met Bruno in 2018 in the fall. I never would have met Michael or Brooklyn or Eston or a lot of my other good friends. Um, and then let's say I came back as I came back in 2020, BYUH is closed um, on the campus. And so I wouldn't have been able to have the whole BYU Hawaii experience. Um, and not to say that freshmen coming in are, are, you know, having a bad experience, but I definitely would have, would not have had some of the great experiences and, and friendships that I've had you know, had I decided to go then. And I, I really think that's a testament to the fact that like, you know, going, when we choose to go on a mission is between us and the Lord, you know, for Michael, it was good for him to go at 18. And then, you know, I think for me, it's good that I go at 21 and there's no right answer, but I, I think it's just great that we have that time, you know, to, that we can decide what to do with. Yeah. yeah dude. No, I, go ahead, Michael. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm really grateful that, that you didn't go at 18 because then, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't have met you. And I say this all the time, and I already told you already <laughs> earlier today, Eli, but I would not be working at the Killer Kai if it was not for Eli. He told me in my um, in our creative writing class, hey, dude, we're hiring writers. Come work for us. And I was like, oh. he's like, no, just come. Apply. And he like every day I went into class, he's like, oh, are you working on your application? And I was like, yeah. But like... He, <laughs> I was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta at least do this application so I can like honestly tell Eli, like, yeah, I applied, even if I don't get it, like, I'm like let this guy down, like he keeps telling me to apply. And seriously, working at the Kilikai has been like the best um, thing for my life. Um, if it wasn't for the Kilikai, I mean, one, I wouldn't be here talking with you guys, but also it, it, it got me to move off campus. It got me to meet. Uh, some amazing people, some of the best friends I've had in my life I've met because of where I lived off campus. It's it's just been, it's been really great. Um, and you know, all of that, you know, if uh, if I hadn't taken that class and you hadn't told me to apply, I mean, I, I don't know that all that would have happened. So I'm, I am super grateful for you. 
and that you're going on a mission when you're going and, and not when you're 18 because, shoot, I don't know what life would have been like, but I don't think it would have been as good as it is now. Oh, thanks, Michael. You know, it might seem kind of daunting to you now, two years, different country, different language. It reminds me of this video I saw on YouTube a long time ago. You can probably still watch it. It's called The Reward. It's this animation. There's these two kids. They see these grown men come through the village. They look like, I guess, knights. They had gone through an adventure and they come back from whatever. And they're all, like, I guess, wise and strong. The two kids, they want to aspire to be like that. So they go off on their own adventure. And along the way, they, they face hardships. They face different types of challenges, but also they find different like things along the way that make them feel better. And then finally, when they reach the end, they come across this huge mirror. And then they see each other, and they, they, they have become the two men that they saw in the village. They become like strong and wise, and they go back to their village. And uh, they pass through, and they, they see another set of two kids who look up to them the same way they did to the other guys that passed through years before. So that will happen to you when you finish your mission. I think so too. Yeah, that's I, that's a really I love the concept of that video a lot. Just yeah, you know, I I think any journey, and I'm sure you guys know this. Like any journey, like you need to make sacrifices. You need to be uncomfortable uncomfortable for a little bit at the time. Um, but yeah, I feel like at the end of the journey you realize, hey, it's worth it. You know, I I remember my first day in BYUH, I I knew nobody there. I just came I came in like August twenty eighteen. I took the North Shore Express thing because I didn't know anybody. Paid fifty bucks for that by the way, one way. Not worth it. Um but it was my only option. And I came to my Halle and um yeah, it was just a really weird kind of visceral experience and it was definitely uncomfortable at first, especially like the first day at church with all these new people. Um, and I think the first month or two, kind of that, those moments of long suffering, or not, not even suffering, but just like being unsure, being uncomfortable, not really knowing who your group is. I think those were necessary um, to make me the person I am today. And you know, I, if I could go back and tell the 18-year-old Eli who was coming into BYUH for his first semester, and I would tell him that it gets better. And I think it really did get better. Um, so I, I got some really good support from some people. I remember I was really stressed about going, whether I should I go, should I go on a mission or not? It was like a year and a half ago. And, um, I had to go cover the story and Brooklyn, who she's no longer with us. She was our former editor in chief. Uh, she came to the office as I was kind of just like going through it and I didn't have time to like talk to her, but she could tell something was wrong. Um, and I told her what was going on. But then I, she like said some. She said some very kind words, and but then I had to go do my uh, my assignment. But I just think the fact that she took the time to, you know, ask me what was going on, I that really made a big difference. And so wherever she is now, I'd like to say thank you for that, and for you know being there for all your employees. And I've had plenty of experiences like that all over campus. And yeah, so I'll, I'll treasure those last two years that I had at BYUH. Yeah, I think it is really special. Um, I mean, one, Brooklyn, she she was a great boss. Uh, she was editor-in-chief when I joined the Kilikai when I was hired. Um, 
and she and she helped me a lot too. She she was I don't know. She always made sure to listen and to uh, let me know and all everybody who who was there that like she wants to help and that if you need anything, she will always be there to help you. Um, and I think that is kind of. I guess kind of going back to missionary work, I think that's a big part of it, is just letting people know that you care about them and that you will put forward the effort uh, that you need to, to to make sure that their needs get met. Like that that you're not just doing this because you're like, I'm some American kid and this is like what I feel like I have to do, but that you're like, I want to be here and I want to help you in. However I can help you, uh, please let me. Because that's literally all I'm here for. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm super excited for you to, to head out there and, and to start serving. That, that That's going to be awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm excited to... I mean, I'm very excited, but also there's things I'm leaving behind and, and people I really miss. And um, But at the same time, I kind of feel like this is almost the best time to go with COVID going on. Because... There's not a whole lot going on else in the world, so I might as well make myself useful during the pandemic. You know, that's my thought. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess there's no better time to get out there and start helping people than now. Um, but yeah, that being said, that is pretty much, uh, I guess, our time for today. But I just want to say thanks, Eli, again, for coming on and for talking with us and, and kind of sharing about your mission and getting ready to go out there. I know you're going to help a lot of people there and that it's going to be a great two years for you. Uh, Thanks, Michael. It'll be tough, but you're a tough guy, so you got it. <laughs> we'll see about that. For everyone listening, thank you so much for, for coming through and checking out the podcast this week. We'll be back again next Monday, same time, same place, and you can find us on Instagram at Pod that you can find uh, podcast news and, and updates about what's going on and the latest uh, guests we have and all of that. So give it a follow if you want more content from Kelakai, the podcast. But that's all for this week, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye.